Hello and welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman London. I'm Victoria Boyce. And I'm Olivia Thomas. And today we're talking about kids. Join us as we explore whether technology is a powerful learning tool or a cause for distraction. Are parents clued up on the impact technology is having on their children? And are we doing enough to address technology's huge involvement in kids' lives today? So today we're joined by two parents who are also self-proclaimed tech enthusiasts. Vicky Bentall is a director in our very own London tech practice. She's been at Edelman since 2006 and has managed global B2B and B2C programs for some of the world's biggest technology brands. And Prash is a director of strategy here at Edelman. Prash's background is in advertising prior to join, joining Edelman three years ago. Welcome to Sideload, Vicky and Prash, and thanks for joining us. Hi. So, first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about your kids and the relationship they currently have with technology? So, Prash, what's your son's attitude to tech at such a young age? Yeah, so uh, Millen is 18 months old, so his attitude to tech is he's going to pick everything up, try and eat it, probably <laughs> dribble on it, throw it on the floor. Um, but he's very much at a kind of learning phase at the moment. He's trying to distinguish between different objects, automatically goes towards the mobile phone if it's just sat there in a room, which is somehow fascinating to me I, I don't really know what his brain's telling him to do um as well as tv remotes so we're we're right at the beginning of our kind of journey of how we kind of integrate technology into his daily life so my children are a bit older i've got a son kit who is um eight and i've got a daughter claude who is five now we we've been through the dribbling stage we've had lots of that um they now feel like they should own all the technology we have in our house and it is theirs as much as it is ours um they're obsessed with it. They're always asking if they can use it. We do. We're an Alexa household, so they are often asking Alexa wildly inappropriate questions and um, asking for giant toys to be added to the shopping list. Um, they love YouTube. They um, lots of their friends play Pokemon Go on the way to school. I'm. I haven't allowed that. Um, my son starts to talk about Fortnite a lot more. So they they get machines and the technology and how that works and are now much more thinking about the programs and the things that they can see and do on it. So as parents what would you say are your kind of biggest concerns around giving your children access to technology? Um, I think from my perspective again given that my son's 18 months old is kind of the developmental impact that it has um, knowing that there are millions of things that he's learning at any given second of any given day at this moment in time and his brain acting as a sponge what role does technology play within that and what beneficial and detrimental things uh, could that could that could that play so that's one of the things that I will probably admit I know very little about and I think actually out there in the public in terms of information or understanding I suspect it's probably quite low as well um, but at the moment um, it, my, my thing is about how is, how is it going to help him develop as a uh, his skills and abilities and Prash I agree I still have the same worries about that you mm. know there is so much technology they're engaging with and I just don't think we know what the psychological impact of that is on any age of children and that is a big worry to me um, I'm not sure about other parents out there but it yeah, is sure. for me I think the, the I think the thing is is that there's a lot 
it feels like there's a lot of um, noise out there in the media and lots of people talk about it, particularly within my parenting uh, circle of friends that can talk about the impact of technology all of the time. But in terms of clarity and in terms of actual understanding of what's harmful, what's not harmful, I think is very, very low. And, you know, I've, I, I try and not be too hypocritical because I look back to when I uh, was growing up. I had a Game Boy. I had a Game Gear. I was attached to, you know, video games pretty much 24-7 sec- uh, and hopefully I haven't turned out too bad. Um, so it's just about uh, understanding what the right ba- balance to strike is. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think, Prash, what you said about your son going um, for a mobile telephone was really interesting because I think children, whatever age they are, seem to go for some form of technology. Mm. It seems the easy option. And one of my big concerns is they'll come in a room and they'll go for the tablet, the television, mm. the mobile phone, rather than going for the Lego, rather than doing some colouring in, rather than playing make-believe games. And I think there is... They, they really need a balance and it worries me that they always go for that and they yeah. have to be sort of gently nudged towards the others. There must be uh, there must be something going on in their brains that just... It's almost like a magnet. They literally head directly towards that shiny screen and maybe it's because they observe whether it's myself or my wife we're sometimes on the phone whilst we're doing other things with him and he's probably curious as to wanting to figure out what we're doing on that Mm -hmm. um and i maybe that comes uh, as part of it and you become or at least i become very conscious about how i use my own devices when i'm around him because it might detract from my attention towards him but also what he's looking at and what he's um perceiving as well and i don't know if it's so obvious with an 18 month old but it's really obvious with my eight-year-old and five-year-old if they have too much screen time whether that be television or games they become grumpy Mm -hmm. now it might be a coincidence but it doesn't seem so to me so i i do try and limit their time quite a lot because i see that i do think there's a great educational benefit Mm -hmm. from some things but i think it's everything in moderation Mm -hmm. Does it impact their kind of sleep sometimes if you think maybe they've had slightly more technology towards kind of the evening than on another day? To be honest, I don't let them play that near bed, so it's not something we've experienced yet. But I imagine it's similar to an adult. If you're working till five minutes before you go to bed, it's Mm. hard to switch off. Okay, cool. So it's fair to say that you're both a bit different to some other parents as you work with massive technology brands every day. If you were to take off your parenting hats and switch on your business brains, what are some of the challenges that you think the industry faces when it's considering kids' relationships with tech? I Well, I think there are a number of things, but I think that a lot of brands aren't really thinking about this properly. They're burying their heads in the sand, thinking, oh, this will work for kids. But fundamentally, they're using the same technology that they would for adults, mm-hmm. and they're not thinking about kids in a different way. What they need to be thinking about is these minds are developing. Now, that's not everybody. I know some apps are designed specifically with kids working with people who understand that, but not everybody does. And I think that's something that tech brands really need to think of. Yeah, for sure. I think user experience is very important. Knowing that you're going to have a device in your home which is going to have many different types of people using it, how do you tailor for those audiences, particularly children? I think from a big uh, kind of tech brand, tech company perspective, device addiction is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're looking at not just kids, but also adults, the rates in which they're using their mobile phones and other devices, not just mobiles, um, is increasing. So how do we uh, develop uh, an approach for uh, from big tech brands which helps us 
create more of a balance in our day-to-day lives between the devices that we're using and other things that we should be doing. We've kind of touched on this, but if you were sort of put on the spot, would you say that companies are doing enough? Or I guess it's it's a bit of an approach where I guess some are, some aren't, but what would be your kind of overall view? Yeah, sure. I think um, I observe that I think more could be done particularly from that educational piece i don't see a brand out there from a tech from from the tech world really doing uh, a big job to try and educate parents educate other people about how they should use their devices um kind of not responsibly but in a way in which uh doesn't lead to addiction hear a, a little bit from apple about how they're building in kind of fail safes into their ios to help uh, device addiction but you kind of feel like you want to hear more about that um, we're quite lucky we work with some huge tech companies here at Edelman London uh, one at the moment we're working on a campaign around parental controls so about how they can uh, how parents can, can take control of the device and make sure there are a number of different factors uh, in place to stop them kids uh, from playing too long or for using device for too long a period of time and I think um, we need more of that. I think we need a better understanding about how to use devices responsibly. I agree. And I think, you know, if Prash and I work in tech, we've already talked about that. We like using technology devices. There are so many people out there who know less than we do about this. Yeah. And it's much harder for them to know what's going on. At least we're working with tech day in, day out. We, to some extent, understand it. Um, but there are people who need really need to have this nearly shouted at them for them to get that message through and I do think some of the tech companies are burying their head again I've said that already once on here but (laughs) they really are burying their heads about this you know why is it that some of the big tech leaders that you hear about in Silicon Valley don't let their children have Mm. much time with tablets and technology what is it that they don't know that we don't know about yet I um there's one particular piece of technology that annoys me or this aspect of it annoys me we have Alexa in our house but you don't have to say please and thank you to get her to work now call me old-fashioned but that really bugs me I think in the US there's an app that you can add but we don't have it yet in the UK and I think little things like that would help yeah for sure I think the um in our industry at the moment, marketing communications, a lot of talk around purpose and how brands should take on a societal responsibility. And I often find it interesting slash funny that the responsibility or purpose that they're trying to integrate into their business is so far away from what their actual business does. And if we're talking, talking about tech brands, they create technology. And some of that is leading to some quite bad things around addiction and overuse of that of devices. So how can brands adopt more of a purpose-driven approach to understand their role and impact in society and do something about it? One area that really interests me um, on this is if you look at voice, it's a relatively immature technology in the way that we're using it. But what is the impact of these developing minds working with a fairly immature Um, technology we just don't know it would be great to see somebody as part of their whole purpose in their brand looking at that and actually finding out what the impacts are i think voice is the next one up right that's that's the thing that we're going to have to consider in terms of from a parent perspective Mm -hmm. how you interact with that technology but close after that i i feel augmented reality is going to be a really interesting one so imagine being born and growing up where augmented augmented reality is widespread, how do you differentiate between real life, quote unquote, and digital life? Mm-hmm. That 
is a, a whole nother level. But I think, you know, if you hear what Tim Cook's talking about, augmented reality is the future of Apple. So um, you can imagine how all of these big tech companies are going to be uh, coming around that technology. How is that going to impact upon people's perception of reality, not just kids, but also adults as well? And I imagine if anyone's listening to this who has slightly older children, one of their biggest worries is probably social media mm. and the fact their children spend a lot of time engaging with friends online. And I think that for them is really hard, but this augmented reality is one step further on from that. So not only are you engaging with friends, but it's so hard to tell mm. where real life ends and on life li- online life starts. It's, it's a huge issue that we will face. Yeah. So I guess we've mentioned voice, um, you know, increasingly you've got people who have kind of Alexa enabled or, you know, they have a Google Home. Do you have any other thoughts around kind of how children's relationship with technology is going to change in the next, say, five to ten years? You've touched on augmented reality, but is there anything else that would kind of spring to mind when you think about going forward? I'm not sure this entirely answers your question, Victoria, but um, I... I think, you know, if I asked my children what an encyclopedia was, they would Hmm. stare at me blankly and have no idea. But they know if they want to find something out, they will ask Google or they will ask it or they will search on Google or ask Alexa. That's how it works in our house. Um, So some things for them are so much easier. I think they know a lot more about the world than I did at that age. And they certainly know how to find it out a lot easier than I did. It's much more instant than it was for me. Um... They uh, at school they have this um, program called Mathletics, which enables them to practice math every night, and it's gamified, and they love it, and that's great because they're practicing, they're learning, they're getting better. But I th- I think as we move ahead, for me it's worrying about the unknown. My son got in his reception, so as a five year old, his school report said um, he needs to improve his control of the mouse. Uh, I laughed out loud when I saw that hmm. because I thought in 15, 20 years' time when he joins the workplace, he probably won't be using mice. It probably makes no sense for him. As always for tech, I think it's about the unknown hmm. and it's really hard to know what that is. Voice will become bigger. Augmented reality that Prash has already mentioned is something that they need to look out for. I, I'm going into this new because so my first child and 18 months old. So it's kind of wait and see from my perspective from an educational point of view um he's going to have technology integrated into the way in which he learns things i think mm. from from the beginning of his life until uh he finishes his, his education so that's a given i think what i'm interested in is how schools or curriculums are going to adapt to understand that so knowing that certain skills or things that would take me a long time because I didn't have the technology is going to take him seconds or, or minutes. And that's cool because that's what technology is dealing with. What new things are they going to teach him um, uh, in the absence of that? So if he doesn't have to search for information, if he uh, doesn't need to figure out facts and figures, he can just kind of search for them. What other skills are schools going to be teaching him around empathy, um, emotional intelligence, the types of things that actually, when we go into the conversation around the workplace and things like artificial intelligence, that AI will not be able to uh, replace, I think, at the moment. How are, how are educational bodies uh, setting kids up for the future to, to have those skills that won't be replaced? And I think this is a really interesting point. My children go to a 
great state school in um, South London. The school is great. They do, they're doing things like critical thinking. Mm. They're doing things like philosophy, which I think are really important in how people will engage with technology in the future. But my concern is how are school, schools going to keep up with the pace of technology? It's moving so fast. We're struggling to know what's going to be next. So the people writing the curriculum are going to be finding that even harder. And I think that will probably be a big issue for our society in the next 20 years. Coming up, we're going to talk about how technology will affect today's kids as they enter the workplace in the future. But first, let's listen to a clip from the last episode of Sideload, where we talked about the challenges presented by climate change and how clean tech could help address them. Electric vehicles, even hydrogen cars, um, other advanced mobility options, um, whether that's e-bikes or electric scooters or you know the ride sharing, like all of these things, um, I think are only going to accelerate as as each year goes on. And I think that um, you know this generation of people that are coming up into um, the age where they can have driver's licenses, more and more of those folks are choosing either to not get licenses or or to just drive in a different way than their parents did. And I think that, you know, the future for transportation is really exciting. And I think a lot of innovation is going to happen around it, whether that is the battery, like Ellie said, um, <clears throat> of course, the cars themselves, but also the systems, um, the connected car systems that, um, you know, essentially digitalize the car and connect it to um, the home or, or buildings or, or cities. You're listening to Sideload, and today we're discussing how a world dominated by tech is impacting the next generation. Vicky, Prash, and we've already touched on this a little bit, um, do you currently have any house rules in place around technology? I know Vicky, you mentioned earlier about no Pokemon Go on the way to school. Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's a rule, and I do try not to be too dictatorial, but I've I've kind of ignored the fact that Pokemon Go exists. Hmm. So um, that's probably not the best um, advice, but that's just how I'm currently dealing with it. Um, we do try and use technology together. I try and make it something that's part of our family, so it's not something somebody does on their own. So when they're watching something on YouTube or playing a game, we can talk about it, they can ask questions. And for me, that open dialogue is really important, and not something that they go and hide away to do and do together. I don't have rules about screen time, but I am pretty sure my children watch much less and spend much less time than most of their friends. I was reading an Ofcom report saying that children had something like 15 or 16 hours of screen time a week, and that horrified me. Mine probably only have about three or four, so perhaps I'm a little bit old-fashioned on this, but no set rules. We just try and keep it to a minimum and try and be open about what people are using and doing it for. Yeah, I think uh, rules when you're a parent uh, are slightly tricky because things change every single day. Um, but I think a few kind of rule, rules of the road or at least things to abide by from our point of view is quite uh, important. So we were in quite a lucky position where we renovated our entire house to the point where we had new electrics and every single wall was going to be plastered. So we had the opportunity, if we wanted to, to put a TV in every room or to put technology integrated into the fabric of the building. But we decided that upstairs will be a tech-free zone. 
aside from a Bluetooth speaker and our phones that uh, my wife and I use. And then downstairs is where we've got a bit more technology in there. So we've got a Google Home in the kitchen, uh, a screen in the kitchen, and a, uh, and a TV in the living room as well. So what we try and do is uh, limit the amount of TV that he watches, my son, uh, and make sure that if he's doing things, if he's playing, then he's playing on different types of toys or different types of stimulus. So one part might be arts and crafts, one might be building blocks, one might be toy cars, and then part of it, maybe whilst he's eating or just before he's going to bed, between six and seven, you have to put on in the night garden uh, because he loves watching it and any kind of chills him out. So, um, again, uh, not strict rules for the road because a a a day to day could look very different if you've got a kid. Um, but just making sure that it's technology in moderation. I think some things that we, my wife and I, observe and we sometimes struggle with, and this is not to judge anybody, but when you go to places like restaurants and uh, with kids, and as soon as you kind of sit the kid down, they're given a laptop, they're given an iPhone, and I just think that's slightly uh, missing the point of why you would go out and have dinner with your with your family, which is to have a shared moment rather than having something that's going to appease them, uh, and then the parents can uh, kind of get on with what they're doing. Again, not to judge at all, but I look at those types of things and go... Personally, that doesn't feel quite right to me. Um, Prash, I'm with you on that, and I probably am judging. I Hmm. never allow that, and it's not... I wouldn't say it's a rule, but it just doesn't happen. It's not acceptable in our house, and you're right, rules are... uh, Rules. Rules are... No, meals are for going out, for having fun, for engaging, and the use of technology at mealtime is not allowed. And I think we're on a really slippery slope with society, because I see it happening the whole time. You'll see adults out there on a date, or having a meal with Mm. friends on their phones, and I just think it's a bit rude, and it misses the point of why you're out together. So on that, do you think the reason why you have this sort of almost a bird's eye view of tech use and kids is because you maybe work in tech or you work with tech companies do you think that gives you a sort of unique perspective i think uh, i think it comes from two things one yes of course working with some of the biggest tech companies in the world gives you a better understanding about how their products and services and software are built so therefore you get a bit of a better appreciation of the lengths that some of these companies go to actually make sure that um, uh, child safety or device addiction is something that's accounted for so you get a better understanding um, of that but also I just try and look at it slightly rationally in terms of I used to use devices i love playing my game boy i love playing game gear um and i wouldn't want to stop my child from having those similar types of experiences but again as we've said many times during this podcast it's everything in moderation i think that's got to be uh, the watch out on it you know and i observe i think Fortnite's going to be the the next game or phenomenon that brings it all into into light in terms of you know how much of a problem it could be but at the heart of it, I think the use of technology by kids is a good thing. Um, it just needs to be done in moderation. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted two people to disagree, I'm not going to disagree hmm. crash on that. I totally agree with that. And I'm not sure working with the tech companies for me makes that much of a difference. I work predominantly with B2B tech companies. And I think children know so much about what's going on. They learn so much from their peers that... It's good I have an understanding of technology because I know I need to pay attention to look and to research into it. But other than that, I don't think it gives me much more of a um, helping hand than many other parents out there. 
And we've touched on tech companies and what they're actually doing and steps that they're taking. And I know, Vicky, you mentioned that it's potentially not enough. What do you think the next step is in terms of looking ahead into the future? Is there government regulation that needs to come in? Is it in the schools? Is it parents themselves? Like, where's the onus? Uh, I think there needs to be a single view. I know that might be difficult because some of these things need to be medically researched and that takes time. But I think between government, tech companies, uh, there needs to be some sense of understanding about how you properly integrate technology uh, into people's lives and the impact it has, particularly on children. Um, so I would say, not not to say that means therefore over-regulation because over-regulation I think is not a great thing when it comes to technology. But what I'm uh, what I think I'm saying is that there needs to be much more of an effort around education and having a single body of evidence or a number of pieces of bodies of evidence which gives people clarity. I think one of the things that I observe, again, having quite a young child, is you're given lots and lots of advice about what you do pre-birth. You have loads of advice about what you should do in labour, but after that you have absolutely no <laughs> clue what to do. I mean, the, I found it astounding, the idea that no one teaches you first aid for babies. Um, when you first have a kid, I was just expecting at some point someone will tell me that. And I think uh, the role of technology in a kid's life, not to say is as, as important as first aid, but to know that information I think is really, really important because the idea that you have to think about it maybe in two or three, two or three years time when they're for, when they're born, is not is not the case at all. You have to be thinking about these things from day zero I think. I agree I mean I think there needs to be something that they people go into together that government needs to work with business to do this and but they also need to work with the education teams out there sure. so, so whether that's people putting on play groups or whether that's actually in schools it needs to happen. I mean for me I'm slightly over the stage where crash is and I now think it's really important that schools are talking to the children because regardless of how much the parent knows the children will learn in school about what's acceptable, what's good for them. And so they're getting that message at school, even if they're not getting it at home. And we've mentioned that there are children now, your children who are born into this um, age where, you know, AR and VR and voice assistants are just the natural thing and they're born into that. So what do you think, looking further down the line, when they're entering the workforce and they, you know left school what sort of skills do you think they're going to need do you think they'll already have them inherently and what do you think the workplace is going to look like for them i think this is such an interesting one because if you look back 15 years ago lots of the things we've talked about now don't exist or didn't exist and so what's going to be there in 15 years time probably doesn't exist now so for me it's about a few skills that are quite important so even if lots of the jobs we know today are gone, we also know, working in tech, that humans and technology are stronger together. So what are the skills that they can learn that will make them better able to work with te um, technology? So that's probably critical thinking, it's probably people skills, um, creativity, problem solving. I think skills like that will be really key to, to ensure that they can get ahead and do well when they reach the work. Yeah, I think I've got about, let's take university age, I've got 16 years to think about this. <laughs> but I think about it, for, I think pretty much think about it every single day because uh, to Vicky's point, 
technology would advance, particularly artificial intelligence, to the point where it will impact work in a big way. And I know there's a lot of scaremongering, but I think the reality is, is there's going to be a lot of skills that won't need to exist by humans. And then there's going to be a bunch of skills that are either going to be uh, created or more important than ever before. And I think my point of view is trying to guide my son um, and any other children that I have into those areas. Now, they might not be defined by a subject. They might just be defined about skills that you just need to learn from many different places. But I'm very keen on, 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 on having a point of view on what are the types of skills that he needs to be learning and how the best way for me to go about doing that. Because what I do want to be uh, in a situation is, is that he... Uh, any, any other child that I have are, are desirable to the workplace and they've got skills and abilities and experiences that are actually going to pay off and not going to be something that a computer can do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, for me, it feels slightly far away, but I do think about it pretty much every single day in that respect. Well, thank you both very much for joining us on the show. Um, I think that's all we have time for. Um, And thank you for listening to Sideload. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to get in touch, send an email to sideload at edelman.com. See you next time.